<laughs> Please don't do that. We were too busy thinking about if we could than thinking about if we should. night podcast with just mike and taylor luke is out right now um luke is out let's let's reflect on this luke is out because he says he has no electricity at his house all right and i mean how crazy is that i mean like who's that's that's an ace in the hole to pull there luke i mean you better be on next pod i don't know if i'm gonna buy that you're out of electricity twice twice a week or something luke luke is just like out in the woods i don't know building a log cabin somewhere bare-chested that's how i imagine it right right well actually you know what actually this reminds me um did it did it snow where you are because i guess that maybe that's what happened to Luke. You know, it snowed today. Did it snow where uh, you are? No, not at all. Okay. Well, it snowed here where I was. And I actually I I actually forgot to tell you this earlier. I I pretty much recreated the uh you know the dodgeball scene um in Billy Madison, you know, where he like gets in a fight with like the little kids. And it's been like notorious that he was like way too hard on the children of the dodgeball fight. Oh, and um, behind the scenes, really, too? Right, oh. right, right. That he like oh, hit that. way too hard Adam Sandler with the balls and stuff. He's like, I want to make it look real. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know it, that. Yeah, so it like snowed in my hometown today. And I pretty much recreated that in a snowball fight. So just imagine me with like, you know, the children of my neighborhood and just like, absolutely like pelting people with snowballs it was great at one point i mean like i kid you not like leading kids like i was aaron Rodgers, just like flicking the wrist and like you know they're running behind a car and it just i let them right there is great um at one point i i I kid you not like a seven-year-old child ran away from me screaming i'm distancing i'm distancing (laughs) it like ran away from me i I shit you not it was when i look back on covid that will be the only good thing that comes out of it will be that child running away from me with a mask on screaming i'm distancing during a snowball fight it was I great have, i have zero trouble believing it because in a separate instance i have seen you at a uh trampoline park at a at my child's birthday party one of those sports fun zones in the trampoline dodgeball section just getting pummeled by like 50 kids with, with <laughs> dodgeballs all at once and then you like flip the switch from like oh ho, 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 i'm just a dad playing to like get away from me like this is this is about to be some clint eastwood type shit oh man dude i actually totally forgot about that you're right you're right <laughs> <laughs> the key you, is that you have to grab the dodgeballs that are slightly like deflated so you can really grip them really well and then you just sling them and you know it's it's great i i'm a, I'm a large child myself people say that about me so mm-hmm. There's a pattern of behavior for here for, for sure here that maybe we should examine at a later date. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I that's I need to reflect on that a little bit. Um, so so what do you have? What do you have for our pod tonight? I mean, do you have uh, do you have an overall rundown of what what we're gonna look at? 
First, we're just going to do some quick hits around the ACC, little uh, no- news and notes section, potpourri, potent potpourri. Oh, oh something for like the people that actually listen to this for like ACC basketball chatter to see like how their teams are doing and what the league looks like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, not at all. For you know, first it's just going to be like what's trending on Twitter. A few minutes, then okay. we'll take a look. Uh, you know, the state of the ACC overall, where where we're going, where we are, who's good, who's bad, and and what are we surprised by? Um, we'll pick a couple games after that, and then we'll get out of here and let you get back to uh, pelting children with snowballs, um, for the rest well- of the week. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, good, good. Can we, if you, if we're gonna start on Twitter, can we start with um, the Josh Pastner COVID pinata? Can we start with that? Can you? I, I sent this to you, but can you explain exactly what it was? I I, I, I can't tell like, you. <laughs> I'm so excited by this. You sent me a note that said, "Hey, Josh Pastner COVID pinata," with a link to this this Twitter video. I was like, "We got to talk about this." I was like, "What is this? This is gonna be so dumb." I'm not excited. I watched it. Terrific. I'm so excited. The best thing in the world. We've peaked. Humanity. We did it. <laughs> yes, we can. And whatever you want to say. Uh, so what it is, is basically the Georgia Tech team could not go to the gas station, I guess, to get their snacks and candies. And who doesn't love an amazing uh, road trip stop at a gas station? You understand. I mean, walk through that those aisles. After yeah. you go the car. It's amazing. Yeah. You know the feeling. Yeah, right? yeah. Any, any, any. Uh, person that's been on a sports team that's traveled knows the like camaraderie that's built by just running into whatever gas station it is to grab your your slim jims and your skittles oh. and, whatever, and your powerade or whatever it is that you can get i love all those you know just chemical snacks made out of pure 100 <laughs> industrial paint thinner i mean i love corn nuts i love ranch flavored corn nuts which is so i'm sure that that's just like cancer in a bag but so good uh but anyways i guess for yeah, them, terrific. yeah you know don't at me whatever this podcast now sponsored by corn nuts uh i uh, i guess for them it was airheads which are super excited which again i understand because airheads the there's a shot at the end of uh, Jose Alvarado holding up a bunch of airheads and and being like, you know, I got my airheads or I'm an airhead. And uh, immediately took me back to like Little League Baseball, hitting up the snack bar, like the pool snack bar, you know, going there, getting airheads, the mystery flavor, whatever. I could I could feel the the skin on my tongue melting off from the sense memory of eating like airheads <laughs> and warheads by the by the pound. So uh, but anyways, the whole thing was that they had a COVID ball, as they called it, COVID pinata. It was so shaped- it was a, it was a pinata in the shape of a basketball, but it was a COVID like uh, had those cell. red, red COVID yeah. spikes coming out of it. Whatever, yeah, yeah. And so right. they smashed it on the floor like a pinata. And the best thing was that it didn't really like shatter or smash when they first smashed it on the ground. It like just like kind of like dropped and like smushed like a sheet cake on the ground and just kind of <laughs> didn't bounce just like stood there and then they had to pick it up again they threw it out Pastner was smart he actually had a uh, a cooler full of airheads because i guess there was not enough candy in the actual pinata to throw out everyone was excited and i don't know what what the hot takes how the internet responds to this but i loved it it made me realize that I just need to get over myself. I used to feel like I had to be embarrassed that I love all these like gimmicky things. You know, I, you know, I love a good butterfly release. Uh, this is in that same vein, 
But you know what? It's the best. If we can mythologize John Wooden teaching people to like put on their socks and shoes, like some sort of that kind of stuff, like it's, you know, the end all and be all of college basketball coaching, whatever. You can't see me, but I'm making the like wanking motion with my hand. Then then we can really give some shine to this this COVID ball uh, from Josh Pastner. Wow. Well, I, you know, I really didn't see working John Wooden and his, you know, moral fiber into the uh, COVID pinata discussion. Um, I, but I don't, I don't regret it. I mean, you know, <laughs> you, it's, it's very much on brand for, you know, who you are. So that's good for you. Um, yeah, no, it's fitting, uh, you know, the day that the first uh, vaccines are administered, you know, across the country that, uh, you know, you have Passner out here stomping on COVID pinatas. You know, I see it when we when we look back. Um, you know, in the uh, I, I want it to be the uh, what is it, the March Madness song. Um, you know, you play it like every day. One shining moment. House. Yeah, What's, one what is it? Well, yeah, thank you. you. Gosh, that's are embarrassing. You joking me? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want that to be the lead of one shining moment is Passner stomping on this uh, COVID pinata. It's it, at least it's a good start. Um, well, I mean, what else you got now that uh, I guess, you know what? Now that you mention it, this will be the second segment that we can talk about because it it is slightly COVID related or it's very COVID related. There is one team in college basketball that has not yet been able to get off the COVID train and uh, has not yet played a, a game yet this season. Do you know who that team is? Uh, I do because you sent me the notes, but I'm going to pretend like I don't. <laughs> I want you to tell me. <laughs> Well, Taylor, it is DePaul. DePaul is officially your worst uh, COVID-run basketball program in the country. And, you know, this is an ACC basketball podcast, so we really don't have a lot of space for DePaul, except that they are coached by former UVA coach Dave Latow, who you've heard us talk about quite a bit on this podcast, um, primarily for his stint in Puerto, in the Puerto Rico Classic when Taylor <laughs> and I were there uh, about 12 years ago. And we sat right behind the UVA bench and he, he cussed his team out for a good hour and a half straight. It was, and there were like seven people in the gym. Uh, that time. It, was not, it was like a high school gym in Puerto Rico. I forget who they were. They were like playing St. Louis or something. Um, and, you know, UVA lost the game, um, didn't look good doing it. And Laytow, I think, was promptly fired the next year. Um, but man, that guy's affect is pretty terrible. Um, but. <laughs> This is the where are we now segment in the ACC. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now uh, we're here. That's right. Um, <laughs> Drake endorsed the segment. TM. Mia feet Drake. Yeah, feet Drake. Um, so the traditionally good teams, your blue bloods, your UVA, a new blood maybe, are bad or in the case of UVA, haven't played in forever because of COVID. Uh, you know, Jalen Johnson out for Duke. They just are on a bad string of losses there. Uh, and then your bad teams, the fat middle of the ACC, as we as we would call them, the soft middle, um, looking pretty good. I mean, Clemson, big surprise. Syracuse even doing well. Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, NC State, Miami. I'm just going to list all these teams, even if some of them haven't played that many games. All pretty good. Uh, my big question to you is, would you take this fat middle of the ACC over 
your traditional powers, your your blue buds, your 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 FSU, Duke, UNC, Virginia quad right there. Wow, that's that was that was a heck of an intro for you know is the ACC good or bad this year? Um, I think <laughs> I think what. <laughs> I think one thing that we could do right off the bat is we can eliminate the teams that don't matter. So you could just like take off Wake Forest. And unfortunately now I think you're going to have to throw Miami into that heap until their point guard, Chris Likes, comes back. Uh, they just lost tonight um, to, I think it was who, Georgia Tech. Pitt. Um, Pitt. Oh, they lost a pit. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure our boy Shane Penny had another 2020 game. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, it's a good point. I, you know, all the teams that are traditionally very good in the ACC, the teams that um, are the big revenue drivers for the worst network on TV, the ACC network, and, um, you know, all the people that you usually bank on for ESPN, the Duke, the UNCs, the UVAs, are, are not good right now. And um, those, those middle squads, you mentioned Clemson, Who's who's been great early this year? Uh, Virginia Tech had a really nice win against them last night. Syracuse has been surprisingly strong, and NC State I think is also a team that uh, a lot of people have their eyes on right now. So I would take that fat middle, but you know Taylor, come on, man. The the two best teams in the ACC are neither of these, uh, neither the fat middle nor the blue bloods. It's got to be Louisville and FSU, right? Yeah, I mean, I am inclined to agree. I, I, I mean, talking about Louisville real quick. Okay, I was not a Carly Jones believer when the season started. Uh, I did not have Jesus in my heart for this for the Radford transfer here. Uh, you know, I've been burned too many times. Shades of UNC's pickup of like Justin Pierce, just terrible season for William and Mary last year. All that kind of stuff, just tough. I just thought lower conference score. He's going to struggle. Whatever. I was so wrong. He is such a stable presence for them. He's so good. Um, both him and David Johnson, just their backcourt, they put the defense in bad spots. They uh, just take these like big looping drives that always seem to draw an extra defender, put Louisville in a spot for like two passes away from like an open look, get them out of place, score, create everything. It's, it's great. Um, I, I think, I think Louisville's really good. Yeah, I agree with that totally. I mean, I think that Carly Jones just makes David Johnson better, which, you know, David Johnson was already, you know, preseason, first team all ACC. Then you bring a guy in, a 23-year-old gentleman, by the way. You know, I mean, this guy's been drinking for <laughs> years. He's been drinking for years. He, you know, he goes to a frat party and he puts his leg up on the keg like Captain Morgan. That's how long he's been doing it, you know. So Carly is a man out there, and he's, he's definitely made the Cardinals team better uh without a doubt secretly my favorite player is actually dre davis i mean i guess oh. not secretly but like he is gonna be their best player in a couple years whatever i mean it may be jalen withers but dre davis is just great like if you look at the numbers efficiency wise he is the best offensive player on their team he, he doesn't get the high usage rate but he's been really good um and i just think like and jalen withers is super talented i think if you want to nitpick maybe with louisville like the downfall is maybe that like they're not that big, you know. Withers is six eight, but has been playing the five like all the time, um, and so they don't have a lot of size. And, and Withers is a huge matchup problem for people on defense. But you saw even in the game against Western Kentucky where they they ran away with it near the end. Like Withers had some moments where he was just out of his depth against Charles Bassey, um, right. which is like I mean fair. Like Bassey is a really good player and much bigger, but like 
he's a traditional, you know, back to the basket, like big and, or more at least than Withers is. And there was some trouble. Maybe you think Louisville has some defensive rebounding issues. I mean, in that Seton Hall game, when Seton Hall had their last opportunity, they got three, three offensive boards in a row that to like, uh, you know, to try and close out the game. And Louisville was kind of lucky to get away. That's just a cherry pick, but also, uh, Ige Han, the Irish Hulk, the new announcer darling, get ready to hear him talked about all the time by every announcer in every game. Just, I mean, Louisville fans already know it's not like a surprise for them from last year, but he, he didn't really play as much last year and he's gotten a lot better. Super athletic. He is like their one true, like a big, big guy. And it's just fun because his whole job is to, like go in the game and like fuck shit up. Like his whole job is to like go in and just be the one big guy that they don't have. I mean, there's a moment in the Western Kentucky game where like he went up for a one-handed putback jam and just totally bonked it you know, off the backboard. It, it did not work. He missed it. But for a second, I was like, oh, shades of a young Shaq in Orlando. Well, that's exciting to hear. You know, I actually, ha- I haven't seen him play a lot, but, you know, seeing that they have Wisconsin coming up on the schedule and Micah Potter, you know, who is probably, you know, the other Irish Hulk, if you will, you know, in the NCAA. So that'll be fun to watch. Maybe that other kid from Boston College kid, uh, you know, the Elon transfer Karnick too. So a lot of beefy white dudes in the NCAA uh, playing center right now. Well, some, some beefy white dudes, plenty of those to go around, but Igwe uh, Han is actually black. You know, there are, there, there are black Irishmen out there. Yes. Oh, wow. Luke, I'm sorry. If you're listening, <laughs> Jelly's so disappointed that I did not know that. I, I should not assume that. I should not have assumed that he was a large white dude. But when you say the Irish Hulk, I picture just Conor McGregor, just a lot bigger. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's my fault. And I apologize to him. They do. Uh, he does not look like Conor McGregor. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. But um, I mean, you know, he he will only play probably like in that Wisconsin game, like I don't know, ten minutes. Maybe maybe that's wrong. Maybe he'll play more. But I'm just guessing, you know. Okay. All right. Well, still, that's that's that'll be fun to watch. Think, think just Shaq in Kazam. You know, <laughs> Shaq in his rap era days. My brother and I text each other all the time, and and we still send each other uh, YouTube clips from Shaq's rap career. Hmm. Uh, there can't be that many of those going around. Uh, first of all, there's a whole album. I can, I think I've talked about it before. A Tisket, A Tasket, I Ripped Down the Basket is a sample <laughs> rhyme that you might be. <laughs> I only remember perhaps on his other greatest hits are uh, Kobe, uh, you know, Kobe, Tell Me How My Ass Tastes. Uh, yes. That, that I remember. <laughs> Not an album cut. That's kind of like a freestyle that, you know, that was a, that was a mixtape. Right, right. Jack just selling that out of his trunk on the streets of Atlanta. Mm, I, I recall that, uh, you know, I think that was maybe the night of his uh, fourth ring, um, I think, in a club in Miami. So um, good for you, Shaq. Um, yeah, I got to get into his discography. I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> missed that boat. <laughs> we'll, we'll attach a Spotify playlist to the notes of this episode. Okay. Yeah. No, that, yeah. Um, you know, the, the other team that uh, we were, we were going to talk about, you know, you talk about Hulks, um, you know, was Florida state, right. And they are, I'm going to, I'm going to say Hulks because they are the largest team in NCAA basketball right now with an average height of 79.5 inches, according to Ken Palm, which I don't know how tall that is, but that seems very tall. It's actually about six, 
seven and a half, I think, and my math skills aren't so bad. Um, but you know, that that team, I, I don't know if you've seen them play a lot yet, but Scotty Barnes is is a friggin' revelation, man. He's he's Magic Johnson with uh you know a little bit more scoring ability, in my opinion. And your boy Raekwon Gray, man, have you watched him play it all this year? Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's the best. He's the best, right? And it just like, you know, we always joke about Doey's strength. I mean, the man's six eight six eight two sixty. Um, and he, he carries it well. Uh and he's just so smooth with the ball. And uh, you know, I guess the biggest surprise, and you know, when you had mentioned the Irish Hulk, you know, I forgot to uh, you know, I immediately thought of Cobra Visa um from from uh, Florida State, you know, so I guess, you know, the 7 one, 240 pound sophomore, you know, I guess if you had on your bingo chart, um, the guy to lead uh, Florida State in shot attempts in the first month of the season, I'm guessing the Copra Visa probably wasn't on the uh, wasn't on your list, you know, I imagine Absolutely was- not, no. <laughs> but you know lo and behold here we go man it's 2020 and you know it's not it's not mj walker though he he is their primary one-on-one scorer it's not anthony polite and his smooth uh on-ball defense and three-point shooting no 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 it's uh balsa cobra visa who just is just a goliath down low um so it's been really cool to watch them you know kind of live up to expectations i think they're the only team in the acc that's done that so far yeah, I mean they they've looked really good, and I mean it's uh, it was kind of tough to see that Florida game because I think it was really kind of changed by the Keontae Johnson going out. It, right, you know it, that just changed the whole tenor of the game, and, and they took over. Not that that takes anything away from the game, but yeah. So I mean, to me, in that, in that if you're ranking your ACC teams right now, and I guess this is kind of what you were asking before, it's probably you know number one for me at least, number one Florida State you know, number two, Louisville, number three, maybe UVA, TBD, um, you know, and then number four, for me, it's either Clemson or Virginia Tech. I thought that the game um, that happened last night um, was was kind of, I thought it was a, a bronze medal type game where here, you know, I, I understand UVA is sitting, but, um, you know, it's who's going to be kind of on that next tier in the ACC. And, you know, I thought Virginia Tech came out and played really, really well. Um, but I'd be, I'd love to see like a seven game series between those two squads. I mean, I, I can't wait to have Luke to get Luke back in the, in the chair here. Uh, because I know he's got a whole like dissertation written about Clemson, and he he did he did call them very early in the season as like this is the team, and I know you know he even called them like every game up into the Virginia Tech like just just take Clemson with the lines, take Clemson with lines. Smart smart plays. Uh, I right. wish I'd, I wish I had done that. But um, I you shortchanging North Carolina. I mean, come on, they're still good. Those two <sighs> losses, Texas and Iowa, are both to like top five teams i mean right i, I think unc is still really good i i'm have done a full 180 on duke especially pending like if jalen johnson is out for a while i just think they've they they need a lot of changes i, I mean i can't see even with all that talent i can't see like the way they run their offense I, I can't see them going up even i think they would have a lot of trouble against a lot of these like quote-unquote middle teams that we talked about so far right um you know, time will tell, but, but I'm still higher on North Carolina than you are. I, I, I trust them. I trust yeah. Roy Williams. The all well, that's day good. Lineup. 
That's good. You can stay there with that. Um, I just don't think that they have the shooting um, to be considered a a top ACC team. Not that apparently shooting the basketball is super important in college basketball this year. I don't think it's a it's a make or break deal. Apparently, all you have to do is be able to play defense and then ideally be able to score in the paint. You know, I don't think that these teams have enough cohesion offensively right now because of all of the lag in their off seasons. I don't know that it really matters. So well, I, I mean, Clemson talk about that, that Clemson is a perfect example of that still can't shoot the basketball. I've got to think that's going to come and bite them at some point still turns the ball over at a really high rate. Like that's got to do it. Amazingly. I just looked this up had no clue. Clemson's number two in defensive efficiency in the nation, you know, per Ken Palm, which is wild to me. I knew it was good. I didn't know it was that good. Um, so yeah, that is a surprise. I got to think the offense is going to come like, I don't know. You can't just be like all Amir Sims and then other guys like taking floaters or, or mid-range jumpers and getting to right. the basket, that sort of thing. Like, cause they don't really get to the line at all either. They don't draw fouls. Um, I don't know. I, I got to think somewhere down the line that's going to hurt them, but hasn't yet really other than against Virginia tech, who obviously we like too. Yeah, you know, Clemson to me has a lot of really great guards, right? I mean, they have they have Honor, you know, who I just really I love that. Just I I love that you can have Honor on your jersey and they just have a number and then just have a quality beneath it, you know, <laughs> just like what this guy has everything going for him. Um, but he's he's unity. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, does he, he actually might have unity? I, I think they all have it, right? Isn't that the one? Isn't that? The oh, one I didn't. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've seen equality in a few, but regardless, I'm all for both things, unity and equality. Um, yeah, sure, sure, Mike, whatever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but he, he actually struggled quite a bit in the uh, in the Virginia Tech game, and I think that's why they lost. He's been excellent for them in the early season, Honor, um, Nick Honor. Um, you know, he's just – he's their only – he has – he's like one of those guards that just has no conscience shooting the ball. He, he'll pull from anywhere, um, and he's – He's a total bulldog. He can get into the paint and stuff like that. Um, he might be their only legitimate one-on-one scorer. You know, I don't even think Amir Sims is really a one-on-one scorer. Um, and I think Dawes has also been terrific, and so is Trap. So the three of them, I think, allow Brownell a little bit more freedom offensively to not only run, but also um, to be just a little bit more aggressive with the ball. I think that's why you're seeing a higher turnover rate. Um, But, you know, I I think that it's definitely a team worth watching. And, you know, I think Virginia Tech is also right there. Obviously we've talked about them in other podcasts with the Luma and Mutz and um, I think Radford and, I'm just naming players now, but I think that, you know, Mike Young has <laughs> Mike Young just has that team played really well right now. Um, but Clemson's definitely uh stolen the early season uh hype train and they've definitely I think that they've covered every game except for the Virginia Tech game. So Ooh. I don't know. I, I the so that's like kind of the first, you know, portion of the season. What what team do you see kind of having like the next really good run? You know, if Clemson was the one that went five and one against the spread to start the season, who's who do you think is going to play well going forward? Well, I don't know if they're going to have the next run, but a team that I am intrigued by is Syracuse, only because uh, you know I think I messaged you before this. Like Syracuse is my moment of 
uh am i wrong oh no 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 it's the rest of the world that's wrong team right now <laughs> like uh really making me doubt myself considering i think at the beginning of the season i just called them like just flat out terrible they're gonna be bad they're you know nothing good is ever gonna come from a syracuse game i was even like really riding high picking niagara against them i was like we got it we're riding greg paulus all day long um whoa you know, whoa yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta rewind the, I gotta rewind the tape on that. Did that actually happen? You picked Niagara to win? Well, I mean, I don't know if I picked it officially because we probably didn't even pick that game because it didn't seem good enough. But you know, yes, yeah, I did in my heart and and among us on our text text message chain. Uh, but uh, Syracuse is five and one right now, um, so pretty good. The one caveat to that is like all those teams that they've beaten are sub 100 uh, Ken Palm teams or above 100 Ken Palm teams, Boston College right on that line. And then they lost to really the only really good team they played against Rutgers. But I, I think Rutgers is really good. Um, but I'm just really interested in the fact that like they're taking a ton of threes, like almost half their shots are threes. They're playing uh, super fast. They have the seventh highest assist rate in the nation. All these things, I don't know why I guess I'd be surprised, but it plays into their strengths and avoids their weaknesses, which I feel like one of their weaknesses is ball handling on the perimeter. Um, and so I, I just think they kind of are going to be a team that could like win the games they're supposed to win against bad teams and then just lose against good teams, which I don't know if that's how I felt emotionally about Syracuse in the past, but just um, I think that's like my kind of, take on them i mean there's an equal chance that they finish 2028 and one and that they you know get blown out by notre dame and wake forest and buffalo all at once and just you know fall apart again but you know who know fun fact buddy Bayheim passed his father to become the 93rd highest career score at syracuse against uh boston college the other night Wow. Good for Buddy. Good for Buddy. Eclipsing his father. That is a, that's a good feeling. You know, our last episode that we did together was called daddy issues. We, we could throw uh buddy Bayheim right there in there. He's, he's, he no longer has them. Good for him. Our, our podcast is like every, you know, great American novel. It's all about like just dealing with your father loved you too much or he didn't love you enough. One of those two, <laughs> that's all it is. And I don't know what it is. We're, the jury is still out for Buddy Bayheim, but uh, it's like just like he was out for COVID for a couple games, which whatever. Right, right. But, you know that was that was a huge difference for for that team when they got uh, Buddy back. Um, it allowed Gerard to start working off ball. You know, Gerard really struggled shooting the ball when he was a primary ball handler. Um, Alan Griffin really kind of carried that team shooting wise. Oh. And and Beheim came back and allowed Gerard to work off the ball, and he immediately went five of seven from three and and played really well. So I Beheim, mean, if, buddy, buddy's important. Buddy's if important. You're, if you're asking me, I mean, their two best scores are definitely Alan Griffin and Buddy Beheim, and that the usage numbers bear that out. And then really, I think I've been really impressed by uh, Quincy Garrier. I think he's like the better, oh, so like. They should get let him. He's just really in control. They should let him kind of go to the basket, work a little bit more, more than Gerard for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's the new O'Shea Brissett. He he like looks at <laughs> it, 
like him. He looks like him in spurts. He moves like him in spurts. He's an athletic wing who gets to the basket really easily um, and can finish at the rim, um, which is really nice to see after you've been watching Dolajai play for uh, two or three years. It's really good to see somebody that can finish at the rim with strength. So First of I don't know. I always hated Dolajai, and I don't like it. You know, let's <laughs> stop this right now, okay? It, it is a it is a huge drop off to have him at center after Cedar Bay got injured. That's a big drop off. You know, not as big of an interior rim defensive presence, but whatever. I, I'm already cringing thinking back about like how much we've hyped Syracuse up right now. I feel like I'm going to look back on this in two weeks and just like shake my head. Yes, that will absolutely happen. <laughs> All right, Taylor, thank you for those amazing notes on Syracuse. Um, you've made me a believer. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I won't put my money on them, but you know what? I still have access to your Bovada account because you saved that password in my Chrome account. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so let's get to some other games that are coming up this week, some places where uh, maybe I, I could spend some of my own money. Can we start with NC State St. Louis? I feel like... This is um this is a game where we're going to be on two different sides of the fence. Um, what's what's the line? Do you know? And what what day is the game even? Is it is it tomorrow? Is it Thursday? It is tomorrow, uh, Thursday, at eight o'clock. And I kind of don't know what the line is going to be. And I mean, I don't know who who else. Everyone, no one knows. I guess for now, and that's mainly because NC State hasn't played since December third because of COVID. They only resumed practice on Sunday with only six players, and they're traveling only uh, with just eight players. Um, wow. Yeah, so, you know, who knows? And, and I'm sorry, I think the game was scheduled for tomorrow, but I think it's getting moved to Saturday as of right now. But regardless, they're, they're going to travel with just those players. Um, and I so – my heart is telling me just always pick NC State no matter what. But even, you know, Keats is kind of setting this up as like, we're going to lose. It's a tune-up game for him. I mean, that's me exaggerating and reading between the lines. But even him, he's saying like, we're going to be rusty. We rely on being in shape and we're out of shape. Um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. That's basically what he said. And at, St. Louis is good, is really good. And I think NC State is only going to be playing with eight players. And just coming back from that, I just, I can't. I think the line would be like three points, like a, a three-point St. Louis favorite, but I'm sure that's going to go up due to those circumstances by uh, several, I don't know, six, seven points St. Louis. I'm going right. to, you know, I, I think St. Louis is probably the uh, the smart play here. What am I going to do? I'm just going to root for NC State, you know, because, <laughs> you know, emotionally that's where I am right now. If there's anything to this podcast, it's that – you know, that's I, I'm a person ruled by emotions and not intellect. Okay. Well, that is that is a powerful argument. Um, I was really hoping that you would take NC State because I know that you're you're a big NC State fan, so that I could take St. Louis and show you how right I am and all that stuff. Apparently, you're not going to give me that opportunity, and that's fine. Um, I think even healthy and practicing that St. Louis is a much better team 
than NC State. I, I do think that, uh, you know, the this NC State bigs have contributed a lot to what they can do defensively, but they're no match for St. Louis. For those that will be watching the game, make sure you watch Goodwin and Perkins. I mean, Perkins in particular, I really like for St. Louis, just a silky smooth, smooth slasher guard. But I like St. Louis in this game by double digits. So, all right, what else you got as a, as a pick for this week? Let's move on. Newly rescheduled game. Uh, just set up Ohio State out with COVID. So Kentucky has has pivoted and North Carolina, Kentucky. Oh, um, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So, you know. All right. Well, what, what's the, what do you think the line's going to be? Kentucky goes back to uh, North Carolina is going to be favored by two or three points. Wow. Kentucky losers of four straight. Yeah. Four straight. So, I mean, they just lost to Notre Dame, so that's not good. Uh, we're, we, you, know how, you, know how many, you know how many times we've talked about Notre Dame in this podcast? That was the first time. Oh, they are the- <laughs> really? No way. About- oh, no, yeah. That, oh, that can't yeah. be true. Yeah, I didn't even – I haven't said Nate Lashevsky once. Um, well, if it makes you feel you better, know- uh, they're currently losing to Duke by 12 points. As oh, that does make me feel better. Nate Lashevsky uh- <laughs> was seven points. That oh, Nate Lashevsky, so good. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's a it's a big game for Kentucky, obviously trying to get off that uh, trying to get off that wagon. Uh, who do you like in the matchup? I mean, you're 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 a Kentucky fan. What do you think? I mean, if it's going to be that low, I'm just going to take UNC for sure. The points. I mean, maybe if you're going to make the case for Kentucky, it's that North Carolina has been turning the ball over a bunch, and Kentucky can some, force some you know, turnovers and get some transition defense. But Kentucky's also been turning the ball over a lot. And, I mean, I can see UNC just getting every offensive rebound. And Kentucky's offense – UNC's defense has been pretty good, and Kentucky's offense is just lost at this point. So, yeah. Right, right. Lots of similarities between Kentucky and Duke this year in terms of just lack of offensive flow. I was really down on North Carolina uh, earlier, you know, when we were talking about them. I, I think this is a great matchup for them and an easy way for them to pick up a win against Kentucky. I think that the Kentucky guard play is really, really bad, really poor. And, you know, I've, you know, you would say, oh, well, maybe, maybe the bigs of Kentucky, maybe Sar could get going a little bit. You know, he has some familiarity with this North Carolina opponent and, he struggled so much in the past against Garrison Brooks. Um, I don't think that Sharp will help that cause at all. I like North Carolina here. I think it's actually a low-scoring game, though. So I would, whatever the line is, say that it's 130 or something. I would take the under. Um, that's that would probably be my bet. I wouldn't really take North Carolina or Kentucky. I think, I think it's a pretty bad game. Um, so I would take the under. I like um, that. Yeah, man, my vote is for the bad game. All right, um, what else do you have? Uh, do you well, have do you have another one? Do you have a third? Yeah, one? here's our last one, and this is maybe okay. the good game. Okay, okay. Louisville traveling to Madison, Wisconsin, to take on the Badgers. Uh, <gasps> your projected line probably Wisconsin as three or four point favorites. Okay. He said with with no confidence whatsoever. <laughs> So I mean I know that you're high on Louisville. Do you? Think I'm, I'm going to take Louisville all day long. All day long. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't. 
I don't know, Taylor. I just it, don't know about that. I mean, it's I don't think Micah Potter, who is very good, I don't think he's gonna punish them enough mm. by not having whatever, you know, not having a, a strong interior defensive presence. I think this is this is a classic Big Ten win here. I think they, I think they out big Louisville. I think that the guards of Wisconsin can control the guards of Louisville. I think I think Trice is a nice counterbalance to Carlick. Um, I think Davison probably trips someone, gets the crowd going. <laughs> probably not fair in Wisconsin, you know. Um, and and obviously Nate Rovers I think is is the primary guy for Wisconsin. I think he's able to uh stretch the floor a little bit with his with his bigness. He's kind of like a, a Tim Duncan type where he's going to be taking a lot of baseline Js and he's just kind of like a crafty guy around the rim. So I I like I like Wisconsin here uh to take down a very very good Louisville team. So so give me give me Ohio State. <laughs> Give me Ohio State. This game. Uh, oh, did I say Ohio State? Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry about Wisconsin. Yeah, I know. It's right. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> fitting this game, you know, a Big Ten win. You're just betting on the Big Ten, which is probably smart this year. The, it's I don't know if it's officially part of the Big Ten ACC challenge scorekeeping, but it is officially the rescheduling of that ACC Big Ten game, that challenge game that got canceled before. So. Ah, uh, Taylor. Another episode in the books, my friend. How's it? How's it feel? We're over here. We're we're pushing it. Four episodes deep. We I haven't hope- had to reschedule any because of COVID. Who's counting? We, we haven't. We haven't had to. Yeah, we haven't had to substitute in. You know, Mike Cousins for Luke, or call <laughs> Guthrie up to uh, fill in your slot, or you know, start doing uh, podcasts where we engage with fans or anything. Um, so I think we're doing okay. Uh, we should engage with people, people who respond to us about, you know, daddy issues and everything and everything on Twitter and send us emails. We see you and we are going to do some sort of episode, at least where we address everyone's individual concerns and questions, concerns loaded. You should, you should forward those to me. I haven't seen any of those. I feel cheated. I haven't seen a nary an email or a tweet. So maybe I gotta, they say a lot of things about you that I want to just hide from you. A lot of (laughs) unkind things. No, just kidding. If if I had to rank the, uh, you know, popularity of our on-air personalities by the amount of, you know, reaction they get from people. It's you, a clear number one favorite, uh, you know, hashtag Vegas Mike. And then Luke, a oh, distant, nice. Luke and I, a distant second and third. Oh man, that's generous. That's generous. Well, you know, kind of, people like, uh, they'd like to see a person's <laughs> decline and then they just like <laughs> to try to build me up. You know, they're just like, Oh man, this guy needs it. You know, like, so I appreciate that. Everybody appreciate loves that. a car wreck. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Robert <laughs> Well, if you, you, the listener, are so inclined to be one of those people, definitely, you know, follow us on Twitter, tell a friend, send us an email, accbballdgens, all the ats, gmail.com, everything. That's always what it is, accbballdgens. Find us there. Um, and uh, we hope to hear from you. Until next time. Hasta luego. Hasta luego.